Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 517, recording today, Wednesday, the 13th of December. This is the podcast to do with music technology, uh, software, synthesizers, all kinds of things. want to say thank you to our show sponsors. I've got Isotope, Ozone 8, the go-to mastering solution for audio. In fact, there's a competition. You can win a copy of that later. And also uh, introducing Bitwig Studio 2.2. Dynamic modular DAW with a highly customizable workflow. There'll be uh, a message from them a little bit later on. So uh, thank you very much to uh, our sponsors and thank you very much to our guests as well. Let's. Uh, I'll. I think we'll start with Mr. Ty Unwin. We have Mr. The the enigmatic and hard to track down Mr. Ty Unwin. As we know, one of the busiest at media composer, but more recently, obviously, the uh, Midgeor orchestrated album has come out. And no doubt you've been. Uh, have you been all over European Teeny Bop TV doing those uh, playback gigs? Fortunately, I haven't. Mitch has. I haven't. No, it's <laughs> almost that bad. No, no. It's good. It's gone down well. I mean, it's it was always a tricky one because of, you know, we didn't quite know how the fans were going to take to it, really. And uh, if I'm honest, they're the ones we were kind of bothered about. And uh, they love it, which is great. So, yeah. yeah. But Midge is off doing interviews left, right and centre, trying not to have to talk about band-aid and live aid and actually talk about the album but um oh, it's good I can imagine that must be very it's, difficult well do you know i honestly it's, it's actually quite funny looking in from afar and watching the way the media circus works and um god i honestly i wouldn't want to do it the fact that you know he has to turn up for these interviews and they want to talk about you know what his favorite sock color was and that kind of stuff and and but, the, but he wants to talk about the album they want to talk about other things and and also i don't think he's been through an actually interview yet where he hasn't had to talk about joe dolce and shut up your face and uh keeping vienna off number one back in 1981 ah yes i know that feeling because uh when i when i had my brief brush with the charts it was uh uh mutant ninja turtles and also uh timmy mallet itsy bitsy teeny weeny polka dot bikini (laughs) So, you know, I, I could thoroughly, I could thoroughly, uh, you know, um, sympathise with him. <laughs> but Don't Ty, lovely to have No, lovely to, <laughs> lovely to have you. Lovely to have you, Ty. And I can see we've got a different angle this time, haven't we? And that's your CS80 finally in the, in the house. It is. It is actually. Yeah, I just played you a couple of notes. If you want to hear a couple more, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, go on. You can't, you can't we can't mention it and not, and, and it, know it's plugged in and not have some Hang sound. On. Hang on. Uh. Nice. Oh, you got you managed go. to you managed to get the greatest hits in there. So you got the uh, after polyphonic aftertouch, the slider, and the ring mod, and the ring mod. More power to yeah, you, and, nice. And and the mistakes, and the mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> that third note was a bit dubious, but you know we'll we'll uh, we'll skip that for now. Anyway, uh, those are other chuckles you've been hearing. Uh, also, as uh, we have Mr. Rich Hilton uh, from Chic, and also uh, Nile Rogers Studio guy. How are you, Rich? Done all your Christmas shopping. Well. I think so. I might find out otherwise in the next week, but uh, I believe it's all done and ordered and in progress. That's always good. Good to know, isn't it? I'm. I'm. It's funny the way that Christmas is going this week, uh, this year. You've actually got you know right up until 
Saturday. <laughs> so, so, so only Sunday off. So it's actually, you know, there's plenty of shopping time to be had if that's what you need. And Not I, worried. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you, uh, what time do you, when do you finish up for, for the year then? Have you got like a, a break? Um, well, uh, when do we finish up for the year? We're playing on BBC One for New Year's Eve. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, and when, do you, tra- so when do you travel to the UK? You'll be seeing this. Um, excuse me? <laughs> when do you travel to the UK? Uh, the 30th. Right. Okay. And then uh, we play the 31st and I travel home on the 1st. Which will be my father's birthday, ninetieth wow. birthday, I might add. Wow, heavy, he- heavy, and portentous couple of days. That sounds great, actually. Yeah. I hope it'll be fun. I'm, um, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Um, right, and also we have uh, Mr. Gazwaldo Williamson, who's in Bristol, bass player, producer, technologist, and uh, all of those things. How are you, Gaz? Yeah, great. I was just thinking, have you got a facility there so you can get all four of us on screen at the same time? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. It's like, Boom. one of these kids is a little bit different. One of these kids is quite right. <laughs> oh, something like that. What is that? I don't know. I don't know what you would to which you refer. Oh. Oh, it's that thing in Sesame Street where they would just put four people up, you know, and one would be upside down, and then they would sing, you know, this little song. Sorry. All right. Well, oh, oh, okay, I got you. Nicely done. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well. well sorry. Thank, no, thank uh, you, guys. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I have to stand uh, on my I... head? Uh, cool. Good. Well, um, Gaz, of course, Gaz has been Gaz has been doing uh, the Do Five and the Tr Eight, which we're hoping to get out um, just before Christmas. Actually, that's the plan. Excellent. So uh, we're, cool, cool, we're that's cool. that's the idea. So yeah, all mm. jolly good news. And and contrary to uh, popular myth, I haven't had a shave or a haircut either. It's uh, I put a video up yesterday of my old band Rocket Gold Star. It's footage from two thousand and twelve. And I think a few people got quite excited that I'd finally sort of given in and had a chop, but no. That would have been that would have been the short and the short uh, the short hair period of, and short beard all round, <laughs> wouldn't it? Period of 2012, I would think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so um, yeah. So actually, you can go back and look over at old Sonic states and find out where the right match is. <laughs> work out what, when it was. <laughs> there you go. That that'd be something for the holidays. Although even if you did a week, <laughs> I don't think there's enough time remaining before the end of the year to uh, to get all of those in because about 500 episodes. It's yeah, it's a lot. I don't know how many. 500. Someone hours. did What's it, that, didn't that? they? Uh, I remember someone did it. Was it like last year? And they sort of did it. They just spent the whole of their Christmas holidays just watching old Sonic talks. Uh, mm. Bless them. Incredibly <laughs> impressed. Bless them. That really is. Uh, yeah, that, what, a, what a nice yeah. thing to do uh, if you're so inclined. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. Um, let's get on to a bit of uh, a bit of topic three, shall we? Uh, I'm just finding the right mouse here. Uh, I think I'll start with this word because I think it's... Uh, uh, ah, that's assuming I actually uh, have that. I'm just trying to ro- find the window. There we go. This is the... Uh, where has it gone? Oh, no. Uh, oh, man. It's vanished. It's the audio... It's the... Ah, it's one of those sliders. Fully, ah, here we go. This is it. Extracts. Uh, let me play the video, uh, which has a really irritating voiceover 
quality to it, unfortunately. Stems, the world's first fully automated stem creator. Extract Stems offers complete control over a three-part separation of vocals, drums, and residual music. The Extract Stems workflow couldn't be simpler with intuitive controls that can easily separate any song into its drum, vocal, and remaining music components. Created for DJs, music producers, and remix artists, Extracts. Right, so that is the audio dynamics. I think this is a kind of a, 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 a repacket or a packaging of certain features of the audio dynamics uh, technology, which is actually really smart and clever. And this, the idea is, you know, you put something in, you get three separate mixes out. I mean, you know, I think re results may vary depending on the complexity of the stuff. But it's an interesting idea, and I don't know whether it, it, it's a good thing. I mean, I guess if it works, it's like 75 bucks, I think, something along those lines. And we've probably all had... Uh, instances in our professional lives where having the ability to be able to do that would have been kind of useful in some way have you tried any of the audionamic stuff out rich i have not and uh i'm as we say over at niles from missouri which is the show me state about yeah. this if it in fact will deconstruct your record and give you usable deconstructed tracks I'd be pretty impressed. I'd like to. I'd like to see that happen. But, I think, uh, yeah. But do I have any use for this thing? Absolutely not. No, that's fair I'd enough. I think transcribe the data. You should transcribe it, or just go back to the multi-track. Obviously, you know. But just listen to it and write it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, it's an interesting idea, though. I don't know, um, Ty. I mean, I guess you put lots of stems down, and anyway, you know, that's the nature of your work. You have to supply all of those things. Do you ever miss? the thing that they said, can you just turn up, down, remove, whatever? Or does it not, not matter? Uh, no, I don't, is the answer. Um, because I'm I'm in unbelievably thorough, like anally thorough, like ridiculously thorough. Um, so I kind of cover all eventualities, really. Um, this piece of software is... Uh, I, I'm a bit mixed with this, only because, do you remember when Roland bought something out similar to this a few years ago? Do you remember that? I can't remember what it was called. That's, they they bought out a similar... Wasn't it a, a centre cancellor type thing? Kind of, yeah. You could remove vocals and then, you know, kind of drums. And I know this is a very much more advanced version of that. But over the years, I've tried a few things like this. I'm, I'm a bit like Rich. I don't really have a need for it, but just because of the technology and just because you can means that you buy into these things to just kind of use it and go, wow, you never know when I might need that, knowing that you'll never really need it, but you might need it. <laughs> and every single one that I've bought, um, it's the same uh, problem, which is if you have a very kind of sparse and um, quite clear cut track in terms yeah, of you know, basically the beach boys centered. the beach boys or the Beatles, sergeant pepper era you're fine yeah <laughs> you know, it is that kind of thing if everything's very clear cut and then it's fine and it works but even so if you listen to the examples they've got working on um, their demos for this the main problem i have with it is the technology is fantastic what it does theoretically is fantastic but what it does for 75 dollars is fantastic but the problem is what you're what you're left with always has always has artifacts that i don't deem acceptable i mean you're talking to someone that when i put a track into ableton live hmm. i kind of struggle to use it because of the artifacts that 
you know, kind of by doing the tempo mapping, by the artifacts it adds to the track, I can't listen to that, it annoys me. So the artifacts that you get from this, which is great in theory, it all that kind of bubbling, gurgling kind of, uh, I, I can't deal with it. So even on the demos, if you listen, it's full of artifacts. And the moment you hear those, just go, I, I'd never use any of those. I can't use any of those. But again, $75, whatever it is, it's great if that's what you need. And especially live, if you're DJing or whatever, it's, you know, could be a godsend. Not for me, though. Okay. So there's a few interesting things. Uh, it's interesting that the processing doesn't happen on your computer. That's something that's quite Ah, uh, Yes, it does say you need uh, um, system requirements. Ah, ah, uh, no. Four powerful cloud-based separation algorithms. What's this cloud-based separation algorithm then? Good question. I'm just trying to see if so I can get the, that's the page suggesting that it's like doing a bit like a kind of Siri thing or whatever, where it's, uh, you know, taking it and processing it elsewhere. There we go. System requirements. <sighs> High-speed yeah, internet connection and OSX 11, 10, 11, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Mac only, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, features, if you're at the bottom of the features list, it says offers four powerful base separation algorithms. And I've just not seen that being offered on a, well, I mean, on a, a product that costs this much. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Sort of essentially, it looks like they're kind of offering you a little bit of number crunching off their computers <laughs> rather than... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I think that's and, quite interesting, just from a, a a general, is this what's happening as we move into the future? Are we going to see more of these kind of things? Do you see what I mean? You're buying the software, but you're not. You're just getting a portal to the cloud-based processing. Your paltry mm. computer will never be powerful enough to achieve the results <laughs> that are massive intergalactic data center yeah maybe well but i mean in just well, in terms of like the the algorithms i mean possibly you know there will be some sort of improvement there and just you know the fact that the the software is not tied to your computer the the algorithm the processing part just it's quite unusual isn't it i mean yeah I yeah think, you know that's a good point you see i was thinking about this there was a use of it you see that i don't think because of the algorithm because uh, the artifacts currently that ty was mentioning um like so the other day i was working on a mix and the uh the played in the room so there was lots of bleed of the bass coming into the drum kit for instance you know so i was then i you know i was using various pieces of software to try and minimize that and i was thinking is there a piece of software that can just go yeah i can see that there's a bass in this drum track and take it out and now this comes along i'm thinking oh but again artifacts and then it's a no-go isn't it so it also really, yeah. just another thing no demo is there there's no demo no. so you can't no, you can't go true. and check it out and give it a thorough sort of going over before sort of committing to buy so that's just another I thing i think there be may a... be a reason for that <laughs> right <laughs> maybe sorry rich i noticed you wanted to come in there but you'll have to mute, unmute your mic i wondered obviously. i wondered if, i wondered if uh the, the uh radiator was clack clack clacking away um i wondered if uh this gives them access to your content i mean if you have to go on to their cloud service in order to run the processing do they then get a hold of your content that you've just processed 
I'm not sure. I suspect, as um, has been mentioned in the uh, chat room, I suspect it's to do with uh, them, you, you know, improving the size of their supermassive musical brain supercomputer by that sort of machine, using machine learning to kind of use, you know, in the same way that uh, Isotope have. I mean, I don't think it's quite as... Uh, I don't know if it's the set. It's done the same way. Maybe it, maybe not. But it, it's got. Maybe, I think that's possibly why. Well, there seems to be a lot of money in this stems business. Uh, I see. I get ads constantly from Native Instruments, for example, and uh, I know there are other companies doing this as well. And they're selling basically music content that's hopefully been created for this purpose. But who knows? And if well, they get access to every single stem that they create for somebody out of out of this process. That's just an interesting. It's an interesting conundrum mm. for me to be to be having. I, I just wonder. I'd like I'd like to be assured that they do not have access yeah, to yeah, your yeah. source material. Another or question. Uh, sorry, Pierre Fontaine in the chat room says. Uh, YouTube chat room says. If it's a cloud-based service, why is it Mac only? Good question. Ty. Or maybe they just have a really great house band on tap. And whatever track you send them, they just sit there and recreate it. <laughs> quick, quick, we've got James Brown come through. Come on, quick, go and get Dave. He's good at the drums. He I, I must admit, out of all the conjecture, that's the one I want to be true more. That That is a Brilliant. great idea. There he goes. Rich is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody feel good? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. That's my there he goes on his telly. Favorite. I like that. I like the sound of that. Anyway, yeah, 70, uh, 75 quid. Um, I mean, the, the, the tuning and that side of it can be done if you go for the, I think it's the X-Tracks Pro. They've got loads of different sorts of this technology, which is obviously based around the same thing. And this one is obviously the simplest level where you don't get all that much tuning, whereas the, the, the more you spend, you can get really sort of super finessed and, and then, you know, be much more able. I mean, I guess if you need to remove the artifacts because that's your only choice, then you're going to give it a damn good go. Whereas if you just want to go, I wonder what it sounds like without the vocal, then it's it's less... It's less of a jeopardy sort of situation, isn't it? So I can understand why that might be the case. So, yeah, it might be worth a try for sure. Okay. Um, um, did we want to do the uh, the 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 sound easel thing? Because Artoria have just announced all of their um, their uh, uh, where is it? The V Collection Six, haven't they? Uh, which I think we can see here, which has got a lot of stuff in it. In fact, I did. Uh, I'll see if I can find it because I had the sound easel. Uh, um, launched so now i've got to try and find it because it, it was just bleeping away in the background i couldn't figure out whether it was a stuck note on my midi controller or what so I <laughs> if i launch it then maybe oh there we go yeah i've got it over here so this is the sound easel let's see if i can make the size bigger uh oh gosh i could resize window must be about now that's too big Ooh. isn't it that's too <laughs> big wait let's try 120 percent Resize window, 120%. That seems more Welcome promising. Welcome this week to Resize Weekly. <laughs> I will play you a few. Uh... <laughs> I have to say, it's a beautiful graphical representation. And But the other thing is, there it goes. It's off. <laughs> well, it might as well be. But... Uh... 
I can't, yeah, I, I, I don't know much about the whole East Coast thing. I mean, it's an interesting idea that they've that gone for the it. the West Coast thing. West Coast <laughs> thing, yes. Thank you, Rich. I'm so glad you're here. As someone and, from the East Coast, I would like to point this out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for my American friends. That's so, that's so, you wouldn't have thought that was possible for, from, uh, from, yeah, from me. But there we go. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, so, uh, I think it's ninety nine bucks for the basic thing, but that obviously they say this component level, component model level, I, and from the stuff that I've been playing with, it sounds really good. But I have to say, it is also deeply as 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 I was saying, as a as a east uh, an east coast synthesis, you know, more is more my thing. It's also completely impenetrable. But you know, it, even though it's only a representation of uh, a synthesizer in a suitcase, I'm still really uh, I want to like it and I want to get on with it. And I know I'll go to you, Rich, because you you know you are you're American and you know more about Buchla than I do. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that, they, that, <laughs> yeah, it does actually. <laughs> it's not. It's a nice. Uh, it is a nice thing, although it is a quite a quite a teeny tiny interface when it comes down to it. It's got a lot of other great stuff too. Well. As you point out, it sure does look pretty, and it might as well, because that's all it really has to do with a Buchle easel. Um, uh, it sounded in the... All I heard was the their demo video, and it sounded like an Arturia synth to me, uh, software synth to me. Uh-huh. Whatever that means, whatever that, whatever that means to you and however that works for you, it sounded substantially like an Arturia software synthesizer to me. And I don't know the degree to which it does or doesn't sound like a Bukla music easel because I've never played a Bukla music easel. It's got the audio rate thing going on really nicely, and they they seem to have nailed that pretty well. Um, so I mean, I will say from that point of view, and, and the spring ring verb is definitely nicely modelled. I mean, I don't know, uh, Ty. <coughs> do you you use the V Collection stuff? Am I right? Do you do you use that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, th- I'll be honest with you, this is the first time that I've kind of questioned. Um, the upgrade only because they do really they do a good upgrade policy um, and so I'm obviously on the one before I'm five and what they've added to six is basically this the DX7 and the Fairlight yeah the, the, the uh, you know the Fairlight uh, I'm not that interested in I've got so many Fairlight samples and whatever and, the, and I know they they're making a big thing about the sampler side of it but I wouldn't really use that DX7 I have no interest in whatsoever because I've got real hardware and different forms of that um so it's only kind of the bootle that's interesting to me really and that so they're charging 199 pounds i think it is or 199 dollars and i think it's 199 pounds to upgrade and and so it's the first time that i'm actually kind of questioning whether i actually need to or want to to be fair huh. um the book, the book the, i know it's not like me but the bootle is 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 kind of the 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 highlight of it um, I get what Rich says. Arturia does have a, a kind of a sound. You kind of can spot them in the context of a mix, probably not. But when you sit down and play with one, they do kind of have a sound. I'm not against that sound. Um, as for whether this sounds like the real thing, I, I don't really know. I mean, the reality is the, the the easels you can go and buy today don't sound from from what everyone said they don't yeah. sound like the original original ones anyway so what's is this one sounding like an original easel or is it sounding like one of the new ones um i don't know i like the idea of it doing something different the idea of sitting down and relearning synthesis from scratch i'm really sorry i'm almost 50 <laughs> years old i don't have time for that anymore 
you know, when I was young, I'd think it was a challenge and it was great. But now I just look at it and think, nah, I can't be asked. So yeah. it's, um, you know. Yeah, I, I totally I get it, that. I think it's great. I totally I get think that. It, I, think it, I think it's great and I think it sounds, it sounds good. But, and I'll, I'll probably get it at some stage. But um, you're, not, you're not running I'm, to the shops. No. Okay. No. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there mm. is a there is a slight. I don't know what you think about this, guys. I mean, there is a slight mm. sour note in the whole kind of business with Don Buchler and the way that the company was moved and how early was and all that. That feels a little bit, but I, I guess that's not really okay. kind of Artoria's thing. It's just well, this is I, the- I I don't re- I don't really know about that story. So my experience of this has been absolutely brilliant, to be honest, and uh, I and in part because I've been using it with the uh, this, this Don thing. He was moved and oh, uh, I'm coming back somewhere. Oh, what the touche? Oh, you, you've been trying Ooh. it, have you? Oh yeah, it's fantastic. And the thing is, uh, what I've been really enjoying with the the Buchler emulation, uh, with it being um, confusing, you know, just not knowing the workflow with it, it's sort of been. Um, I've just been haphazardly sort of playing with it and just really enjoying this. Uh, kind of uh sort of chaotic relationship yeah yeah <laughs> and okay i mean I'm, I'm nowhere near as experienced as everybody else uh regarding synthesis but i i think it sounds really good i love it i've been really enjoying it i have to say um and, and actually just speaking of the v collection six in general i mean I think what they've been doing is is really you know curating this great collection of of instruments and and nearly everything nearly every landmark is covered now you know and the fact that they've uh, brought a really cool clavinet i mean i don't know what the others what the oh rest yeah that's true as well clav- yeah, i think sorry. the clavinet yeah. huge fan of clavinets i'm wondering if the underlying modeling technology if they're licensing it from Pianotech, um, just purely speculatively, but uh, but uh, or something like that, because the um, the the electromagnetic ma- ma- keyboards they've been bringing out, like the Rhodes and the Whirly and the Clavinet, uh, they're modelled; they're not sampled. And uh, I always, I much prefer models. I don't care about the absolute realism. I much prefer mod. I always think models are more playable. I think they're really, uh, you know. Um, I just find them more enjoyable. So to see a clavinet now in that collection, it just brings that collection just to such a superb curated collection. And I just kudos to them for that. I think it's a very, um, you know, attractive uh, package now. And and also um, uh, Analog Lab version three uh, is really, really beautiful design. Uh, So, it's a new design right browser there's a whole load of stuff i think as a collection though to go from i i I would sort of say to ty i think that a lot of that work is also coming across as well and all of the old plugins now they've completed this transition of being able to resize them to all sorts of different um monitor you know you've got a lot of yeah but all of that That was was coming all of that was done in in version five i mean don't get me wrong i'm not trying to diss ah. it as a, as a collection because i think as a collection i think if someone wants to go out and buy a collection of vintage synths you either go for this or you go for the ik multimedia uh, kind of synth collection and either of those are you know you can't go wrong for the kind of money 
and you look at how much you spend when they do their offers and things you look how much they spend uh, you have to spend to get what you get you can't find fault with it from that level um because it's it is one of the best collections of modeled synths. my only my only thing from a personal point of view is 200 quid for what essentially would be of only one thing of interest for me just seems it's the first time that i haven't just clicked by immediately that's the only thing yeah okay but, well i'm just, just looking at this quickly it's uh, 400 euros f uh uh reduced price at the moment so you know that's for everything for all no, of that for everything for everything yeah so 200 just to get the new ones when we've already spent ah, I see every what you time mean. do you see what i mean yeah so, i think it's too much too yeah right. every time because every time every time i've upgraded every time i've upgraded it's always you know kind of 149 or 199 but i've been doing that now for for five mm. versions so i've spent 50 yeah a lot you know, i get what you're saying yeah. uh, but 50 quid 50 quid a you know 50 quid for a brilliant bootler emulation or 50 for, it's, you know, well it's really 99 nice but DX7. it's 99 euros it's a bit more than that no no but that's oh what i see yeah it, it, isn't it yeah if you're if you're in no, if you're right. if you're buying it in the first part i take yeah, your that point seems, totally that, that seems okay yeah, yeah yeah i've got you well so right, you're loving, great loving you guys, and that's great yeah that's yeah, really you know, good for you it's worth every penny because you love this thing Right, um, I'm just going to pop in because uh, we've got two we've got two uh, um, slots to get in this week. So I'm going to start. I'm going to get the Isotope uh, Ozone Eight, of course. I, Isotope Ozone Eight. Um, this is the kind of go-to mastering suite. I mean, it really is able to do a whole bunch of stuff. Mastering Assistant helps you set up your session to begin with, so you kind of in the right ballpark. Gives you a, a very sort of educated starting point through machine learning. Very clever stuff. Uh, you've also got uh, reference matching uh, mixes. You've got the, um, well, I think it's going to get there in a second. The assistant is working. Yes, there it goes. And it analyzes basically the material. You can master your tone with tonal balance control, which gives you a kind of uh, visual reference of what the different frequency bands should be doing, assuming you're aiming for that particular kind of sound. You can have uh, the various different presets. You can change. Uh, instances of neutron and other instances of ozone 8 from a kind of master session it will control other instances all from within the same point so if you need to do things to actually tweak the mix you could do the whole thing from within a single gui which is really smart you could also do stuff like uh reference tracks whole folder of reference tracks so you can a b between your mix and the, the the kind of sound that you might be uh looking for in another mix just by referencing set the the uh the audio levels absolutely accurately really very powerful and comprehensive set of mixing mastering tools in app referencing there's a whole bunch of uh, features here which you really should try if you're interested in mastering or even just kind of having stuff that will able able you to get better mixes the ozone a and neutron 2 are really classy plugins in fact uh, we're listening to uh, the the sound of the podcast is live through neutron 2 and that's what's giving us this uh, new fantastic radio type sound but anyway if you want to check out ozone 8 and neutron 2 head over to isotope.com forward slash ozone and you'll get the 10-day free demo as ever with all isotope stuff and of course we got competition this week uh, last week we asked for uh uh, the hashtag, what was it, uh, for great mixes and Ozone 8. And we got a winner. The winner is somebody called Modsource Music, uh, at Modsource Music on Twitter, who tweeted those hashtags and said, I want to make great mixes too. So hopefully you will be able to now with the aid of Ozone 8. If you get in touch, uh, we'll be able to supply you with the codes to give you full access to Isotope Ozone 8. And we've also got 
another competition this week. You can win another copy of Ozone 8. Uh, oh, we're looking for a Twitter. It's a Twitter competition. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag Mastering Expert. That's one word on the hashtag Ozone 8. And you tweet that to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Yes, you do need to be on Twitter, but it's a, a painless thing. So the hashtag Mastering Expert and the hashtag Ozone 8 to enter the competition at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> want to say thank you very much to Isotope for providing this week's competition prize. Much appreciated as ever. <clears throat> Oh, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. Ah, I don't know if anyone saw this. I'm super excited to talk about the This is a sort of trailer for the uh, Moog always on 50 hours live stream where they had essentially 50 performers. And uh, it was just streaming 24 hours, well, for 50 hours straight. It was a really good idea. It's not archived though, so it's, the moment is gone. I did watch quite a lot of it. And, and it was uh, focusing on uh, women and transgender. So it was a very much a kind of like not a male thing. It was just a sort of Mooga really into kind of uh, promoting women in music. And uh, it was a great exercise from that point of view. What a great idea. I don't know if anyone got a chance to see any of this. Gaz, did you get a chance to, to tune into any of that? It was very, I, I must admit, the numbers watching live was a bit disappointing from my point of view. I thought oh. there'd be more. <sighs> I, you know, sadly, I was looking forward to it. I, I put it on just as it ended, <laughs> so I, was, I, got the, I got the timing all wrong. But, um, but I really did appreciate what they were trying to do there. Um, be, you know, on, on a number of, on a number of grounds, really, uh, and also just yeah, the, the fact that it's not been archived and things that you have to kind of witness. I think that that's kind of interesting isn't it because then it's a little bit more more event, event, um, of an event yeah more of an event yeah that you and so for people watching it online and knowing that it's not going to be that you have to then be there for that moment so yeah so yeah i think yeah i i like that idea as well uh, uh, that that maybe sort of highlights of it will become available down the line but um uh, yeah yeah, we should do one. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, I was watching with interest because I just thought, yeah. what, a, what a brilliant, I wonder how they're doing it. Because I was thinking, oh, this is really interesting. Let's Ty, I'm it. guessing, Let's there's, is it. there any point in asking you? Because you probably didn't even have 20 minutes in that 50 hours that you could have watched have, any of that. I can honestly say I would have loved to have watched it. I would really have loved to watch it. Really interested. I think it's fantastic on every level. The whole, you know, kind of women in the industry, transgender in the industry, not archiving, um, archiving it. Everything is uh, was really appealing and fantastic and wonderful. And because of hey deadlines, I didn't get to watch a single minute of it. Oh, so, it's a shame. Um, not not a single minute of it, which was really disappointing. But you know, I can't. I couldn't really turn around to the clients and go, "Hey, sorry, I haven't got what I needed to do." But I just watched the most amazing synth concert. <laughs> um, so uh, no, didn't get a chance. But I think it's fantastic, and I think the whole. <clears throat> not archiving it thing i have a bit of i'm i'm haven't there's for me there's a bit of a backlash to society and the way it is and social media and everything at the moment and um and and youtube and the internet in general and i know it's a real kind of old fogey way of looking at it but i suddenly start to realize that things are really good back in the day when you didn't have instant access and not everything was on tap and you did actually have to appear at uh, an event and when you went to a gig you actually watched the gig rather than watching the back of your phone while you were recording it all of those things it sounds a real old fogey thing to say but um uh, yeah, I'm just having a bit of a backlash against all things, you know, 
of that. Well, I can understand so that. I, I, I mean, it's bizarre that you were saying that watching the back because all most of it was streamed via phones. And I have to say that was the only thing that I was a bit disappointed. Nobody or very, very few people actually got a line in. So I saw a band playing. I forget what they were called. They were playing. They were all set up in a studio, filmed through the glass, you know, mic'd up. And we were just hearing the audio via the speakers, the studio speakers into the... What? The, and I just, that that was that was a bit disappointing. I'm sure we could do better than that, you know. But I also understand that streaming is, you know, I mean, we're here, all of us, you know, it's taken us a while to get these this, this thing set up. It's not the sort of thing that, you know, if you're just kind of go, yeah, I'll do something, you know, it's not always that straightforward. But I think, you know, it would be good next time. I know, Rich, did you get a chance to catch any of this or were you aware of it? Yes and yes. Hey, cool. Um, uh, I watched a few. I, I watched a DJ performing to mostly an empty bar uh, during the middle of a day. I think it was the first day it was on. And uh, he was doing enough interesting stuff to keep me for probably five minutes, which may not sound like much, but in my case, it's a long time. Um, so uh, I was selling actually it, impressed You're with selling it. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Uh, I was actually quite impressed with this guy for those five minutes. I was also impressed with the idea that this aspect of Moogfest would bring more attention to a wider variety of artists across a broader platform. And I thought that part of it was cool, that they're trying to take the Moogfest brand and broaden it both stylistically, like jazz festivals do, hiring Deep Purple to come and play, and by um, making it available to a wider number of performers by creating all of these venues, kind of like with the way the Montreux Jazz Festival does with uh, with all the jazz venues around the main venues. So I thought of it more from the standpoint of a process, of a festival process, and of the opportunities for these additional artists. What I saw was interesting from that DJ, but he was basically playing to an empty bar. Yeah, there were there were a few DJs. There were quite a lot of performers as well. Uh, a lot of it was very interesting and also a bit weird for them because, you know, in many cases they were just performing, say, in their empty kind of dining room or wherever their thing was set up. It wasn't like a gig right. atmosphere. So they weren't able to draw upon the energy of an audience in the place. So, you know, that aspect is going to be missing unless you do it from a venue and then you're streaming. You, you get to stream the energy a little bit more as well, which sounds a bit sort of spiritual, but it's it's very true. I mean, one mm -hmm. of the reasons that we do this live, uh, uh, apart from just because we can, is because it adds an extra sort of frisson, you know, knowing that there are people out there watching. In fact, uh, I don't know how many we got mm. at the moment. Some. I can't tell. A couple, what is it? How many? A couple, uh, do three, I, do, I, do I need, yeah, do I actually want to read this thing? Well, nearly 500 people. You know, that is pretty damn good that people can give up hello, their time. Hello, everyone. Away. Yeah. Hello, yeah. everybody. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah, a, br a brilliant cool. idea and, and and something that I think could be built upon in the future. And, and indeed, you're right, Gaz. It gave me a, an, a few ideas. And I think, yeah, I would kind of like to think about that. You know, this idea of creating events-based stuff where maybe we can have people online coming in and maybe also somebody in the studio so we intersperse it so we've got the it reaction i'm not sure about the non-archival just purely because you know it, uh, it would be nice to be able to have like say if we're talking to people about the gear and stuff we can have that as well so it's got context and and you know that's the publisher and me trying to maximize the content we might create and all of those sort of stuff but yeah nice idea very nice and and but you can't see any of it like we say we might get a bit more of it coming up in the future because of that uh so we'll have to see. Um, I'm also going to uh, take this opportunity um, to bring a message from our other sponsors. 
Bitwig Studio 2.2 is here. Bitwig Studio combines both timeline and clip-based sequencing on Windows, macOS, and Linux. It features VST3 support, plug-in crashing protection, and a highly flexible user interface. With a lightning fast workflow for keyboard, mouse, and also touchscreens, it's great on the new Microsoft Surface devices. Modularity is also central to Bitwig Studio. It focuses on strengthening the way devices interact with one another and offers a highly flexible modulation routing system so you can route almost anything to anywhere, including audio rate modulations. Bitwig also offers many sync options. MIDI, MIDI Clock Master Slave, MTC, CV and Gate, Hardware Audio Clock and Ableton Link. So why not try Bitwig Studio today? Go to bit.ly slash bitwig now. Try it out for yourself. Excellent. Nice to hear. Uh, nice to have another uh, another uh, show sponsor. I want to say thank you very much to Bitwig for that. And it, it is worth checking out. I mean, it's very much the idea that you can create these kind of uh, very powerful workflows. And also the modulation stuff in the version 2.2 that's just come out is bonkers. I mean, it really is kind of insane. And of course, Mac, PC and Linux at the same time. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Now, ain't this a great idea? Introducing AudioSwift a new app available for macOS that lets you use a trackpad as a control surface and MIDI controller in your DAW. If you work with a Magic Trackpad at your studio, or you're on location working with a MacBook, with AudioSwift you'll be able to move one or two faders at the same time with simple touches. Control the panning of a track without moving the mouse pointer. Change the sound levels. Write automation in a quick and easy way and use the trackpad as a jog wheel. Also, it lets you make beats, play notes in a key, and use it as an XY pad. It's quite a long video, but this came up and I, I, I sort of like, it, the news item just sort of went past and I sort of went, yeah, that's all right. You know, I, did, I didn't notice. And then when I looked at it, I just thought, actually, that is a really cool idea just for a very compact setup, certainly for automating certain things. Oh, at least I think so. I don't know. Gaz, I mean, on your mm. controller, you've got all the Cubase kind of little, um, I forget what, what models they are. You, you're big on, on control surface yeah. stuff. These, uh, these things here. Oops. Yeah. That's them. <laughs> Sorry. For oh, whoa, that's weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, this does look good. I think it's um, what I was just a bit sort of concerned with a little bit, though, is like the, the appointed device is so important that if um, I don't know uh, that. Well, how do you do it? You, there's a, an F key, I think. Is it like F13 or something? Well, there's two a, ways. Uh, you, you, you have a four. You have a four tap. Yeah to start oh, for, it and then right. you hit the bottom yeah. corner so you go in and out of the mode yeah so mm -hmm. I, I i take your point though because you're so it's so uh um uh, subconscious you're using it at yeah. such a subconscious level it would require but something i think it, the idea though i mean the fact that it, that it divides the touchpad it's you know the touch interface into zones and uh you know there's all like different mix buttons like mute solo and various things like that uh that i suppose once you learn where they are because you're not taking if it's quick to toggle between it being a pointer and and 
the the editing facility like like super super fast and you could integrate that into a workflow then this is the potential to be incredibly powerful i mean it can be a a like a chaos pad immediately under your fingers for doing effects parameters and stuff but interestingly like with the with this one if you've got one of these it takes yeah. uh, the force touch thing as well so you can apply after touch and you can play notes scale modes mm. and, or, um, so I, when I was thinking about it more, I was thinking, blimey, you know, your hand is not, your, your, your right hand, or if you're left-handed, whatever, your main hand doesn't leave that zone at all. And for super, super hyper-fast work, that could be pretty cool. It's just whether the interface can kind of keep up with that promise, I suppose. But interesting, definitely. Interesting idea, yeah. I know, Rich. I mean, are you a, are you a mouse guy, controller guy? I don't think I've ever asked, really, whether it seems like such a personal question. <laughs> ah, trackpad guy. So you could actually utilise this. I went whole hog trackpad because I decided that I was willing to put up with a trackpad in order to get consistency between all my devices, namely the laptop and my desktop computer. So I said, to heck with the trackball I've been using for 25 years. I'm going to go with trackpads everywhere, and I've gotten quite used to it. Now, there's a couple of things about this. First of all, using just in general, using it as an XY trackpad makes some sense to me. Most of the rest of what we're talking about doesn't really appeal to me that much, but I suppose could be useful to people. It all feels like they're trying to make a trackpad into a rolly block, basically your basic <laughs> rolly block, which does pretty much all of this stuff very, very well as a standalone device and... Um, already has software written to to adapt to it stuff like that so so uh and your and your trackpad is not going to give you five axes of expression whereas a rolly block is so it's a clever little product and i think that's all well and good now haven't we just spent a decade or two trying to get away from using the mouse and the trackpad as our controllers and and issued every conceivable form of hardware controller device known <laughs> well, to that's true, so yeah. far in order to combat the idea that we should be using these things to control this kind of musical material it just, you know, just saying, you know, it's just an interesting thing. Just like, you know, analog was, was horrible I, I, while digital was the buzz and now digital is horrible, but analog's the buzz again. It's like, it's, it's all about buzz and what people want to use. And now, now that we have 2000 devices with drum pads and knobs on them, people want to go back to using this thing to control audio and, and MIDI. And all right, you know, sure. Fine. I, I've been mixing on one for years. I'm fine with it. I, I still, but you know, sit next to soft tubes console one and explain this to me i suppose you're right i think the difference is with this is um trying to mix when your finger is the actual pointer is harder than when you, it's just the movement the movement is relative to wherever the fader is for instance if you're automating for instance so you're using the gesture effectively in this instance just to create the the automation and i think that's kind of quite a big difference in terms of Mixing because mixing with a mouse or mixing with a, a pointer is is more. You have to be more precise. It's more fiddly. Whereas this has got a, a slightly less. We're slightly no, I understand. removed. I, I suppose. And I've finally been just about convinced to buy myself some kind of set of faders just for this purpose. And ah. hey, there's no <laughs> need now. Rich. Out, now I'm finding out I waited so long. I don't need them anymore. It's a beautiful thing. Would you go for automated ones out of interest? You mean motorized? Yeah. Eh, probably not. No, I was I was looking at PreSonus's 16 fader fader port maybe just yeah. because it doesn't take up that much real estate on my desk. The 8 one is more of a 
large, large postage stamp, whereas this thing is a little bit more like the shape of a bunch of faders, which is kind of mm. more what I want. Yeah, um, okay. But I haven't actually touched it yet, and I, until I do, I'm not that interested. You know, I, I want to actually feel it, and it has to justify itself in the feel, because if it doesn't feel like something, then I don't need it. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Ty, I don't know whether you're a kind of, whether something like this is of interest to you. I mean, I think that that confusion of which mode you're in would take a little bit of getting used to, perhaps. Well, I mean, I'm a, I've been a, this, this is, this is my controller now. That's my controller. And uh, I've been a controller person since, uh, oh God, do you remember Steinberg Houston? Yes. Mm. Do you remember? Yeah. So Super did you, now. did you have a problem? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a Steinberg Houston. We all had problems. Um, and uh, so I've, I'm, I'm very much a controller person. This, I, do you know what? In theory, this, I, this is great. And I love the theory of this, but I, I personally, the reality of this is just completely so unappealing and just so, I would love to know how many takes it took for them to actually um, get that little promo video together with, with, I, I'd love to see the outtakes with people going, hang on a minute, what mode are we in? How many clicks? If I press three, <laughs> hang on a minute. No, no, I'm in the wrong zone. Hang on a minute. And when they're doing the drum things, you know, we've, we've got a pad that big that was suddenly dividing into however many, um, you know, kind of drum zones, whatever. I'd love to sit the outtakes with them. All they wanted to do, if you noticed, all they do rhythm-wise is boom, ch, boom, ch, because I bet they spent five <laughs> minutes having to get their fingers in the right position to go, hang on a minute, okay, take, <laughs> boom, ch, boom. Ch. That's the reality of it. And uh, no, I would, I'd be all over the place. You know, for me, this, yeah, th th we, we have this space mm. and I click on it somewhere here for a left click and a click in it somewhere here for a right click. If you want to get more specific, specific than that, I'm screwed. It's not going to happen. So, and as for modes, if I don't know what mode I'm in, I don't want to be looking at the screen. I don't want to suddenly be wanting to move the cursor and all of a sudden the faders are moving. I don't suddenly yeah. want to be, you know, which is what's going to happen. And no matter how, how much you learn it, there will be modes where you're sitting there not quite in the right place or the right mode mm. and you'll be doing things. I would be screaming at this. Yeah, I, I take your point. Can I ask, but other than can that, I ask a question? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask a question? Uh, this is a, so to everybody really. Um, how many of you use a uh, three finger drag, just sort of uh, not click, just just the three finger drag to do. Um, do you mean deli do you mean deliberately fa or accidentally? Fader moves. Do doing fader moves using three finger drag. You know, it's just something you have to enable. It's not on by default, is it? The oh, three I didn't finger know that. drag. I that. Really? I've it's used absolutely massive change. It will if you got if you got one of these anywhere your mm -hmm. mouse is hovering, three finger drag, and it and it'll just 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 gently you, you can. Do it all, all the kind of really nice fader moves and stuff. Um, oh, you've got to enable it. I turn around. If you haven't wait. Okay, you we're, haven't all gonna, we're all going to try if you it now. Done it, if you haven't done it, it changes your workflow and it's mind blowing. It's absolutely brilliant. But I'm always surprised Where? that most people don't do it. Everybody yeah, now, everybody's so looking to see if they, yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working for me yeah. in the stage on my laptop. You have to enable, you have to enable three finger drag in the, uh, in the trackpad in, settings. 
in Apple uh, settings. I thought that was for a whole different reason. Uh, Honestly, it is absolutely brilliant. And okay. Once you get into use in it, you you'll Where? just think, why? Uh, okay. it. <laughs> sorry, live tech, sorry, live tech support. <laughs> live tech support. <laughs> okay, trackpad. Uh, yeah. Hold on, That's I can probably way. I can probably do something with the, with this. So uh, where are we? Trackpad. More, more, more gestures. Scroll and yeah, zoom. I don't see it either. Point and click. Where, where is it? Three finger. Three, three. Hang on. Uh, more gestures. Oh yeah, here, here we are again. It's Gaz's imaginary world. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no such thing. <laughs> I can't see it here. No, not on mine. No, not on mine. <laughs> oh, oh Gaz, where do we have to go? Yeah, which which yeah, universe? Go to... What were you what were uh, you taking before you found this? <laughs> three three finger drag. Unless uh, hang on, where, where what version of where? what version of the OS are you in, Gaz? I'm in uh, in uh, the last uh, uh, Sierra. Okay, yeah. me too. Uh, I've got to be honest; yeah. it is different now. Hang on, so I'm in there too. Three finger drag. Where is it? See. Yeah. You understand well, what I'm saying? Guess. You just put you yeah. three fingers. You don't press yeah, it. Where I get what you're it? saying. I'm trying it. It's not working. So I'm trying to figure out how to make uh, it work. Yeah, um, I can't see it. Do you know what? It used to say it used to be a clickable on an earlier version. Um, Been using it a lot recently then. Yeah. Or does it still work? You still work? Oh, that's interesting. Well, well, that's okay. Well, maybe if anybody in the chat room can tell us where it is. Right. We've got a challenge now. Gaz has spent the last two years going, it's not working how I remember it used to work. Right. So I'm moving this. I'm moving. Okay, Gaz is showing us now. Uh, You're looking for a fader? Okay. Right. Okay. I'm just using it. I'm just moving this file across, across here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not pressing anything. My three fingers are just resting on the on the trackpad, and I'm just swiping left and right, and and I can do that movement. Yeah. I'm not if, clicking. If I... I'm not applying any. I'm not applying any no. pressure. No. I'm just. No, not happening. Okay, so if I swipe three fr- uh. fingers left and right, I'm switching desktops in Michigan. Okay. Okay. Perhaps, perhaps so... we could come back to this. I. I, I... <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure our, our viewers are fascinated, uh, but they might not be that fascinated. So, oh, but yeah, no, yeah, no, no. It, if it works, I totally get it. I mean, oh, it's in accessibility. It's in accessibility. Someone's saying it's not in trackpad. Ah, uh, okay. Hold on. Uh, I, I'll give it that one. Like, where is <laughs> it accessibility? Used to be. It used to be in accessibility. Where is accessibility? I can't access accessibility though. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Accessibility. It's the it's the little blue dude. Oh man! Like they've moved it. So they've moved Mouse it. Mouse and trackpad. There we go. Trackpad options. Trackpad options. There we go. And then this is where you can uh, uh, enable dragging. Yeah, three finger drag. Ah, okay. I I still can't right. see right. why they've they've buried that but seriously try it on faders try it on anything three fingers any control that you want to adjust without applying oh, yeah, any pressure just oh yeah, yeah. look at oh, that. that works oh apologize no no i, 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 I just right. i wanted to get there for the abuse All right, Gaz, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Gaz. you've you've changed uh <laughs> Honestly, right. Anyway, like, yeah, be interested to see how you get on with it. It just—I oh, thought suspense. it was immense. 
All right, okay. Well, so it's a very similar concept. I, I should go back to yeah. the topic in question, which was uh, where are they? Audio. Oh, that's not worth it. finger tracks far more important. It's only it's only uh, requires uh, two point eleven, ten point eleven or later, uh, twenty four bucks. So it may well suit your you suit your needs. So I just thought it was a cool idea, and I'm pretty sure when we were at Music Messer last year, there was um, there was a guy playing a kind of wind controller. You might have seen it in the background of a few of our videos. And the other guy was either playing, he was playing drums on trackpad. And I think that was a version of this before it became what it is now. It was kind of in progress. And he was playing some really pretty good drums on his trackpad. So he was playing the drums. Mm. And the other guy was just playing. They were just jamming endlessly sort of freeform stuff. And it wasn't, it was annoying because it went on and on and on. But it was actually quite accomplished. You know, it was, he was able to be quite, um, uh, musical with it so it obviously does work in terms of latency or whatever you I mean obviously maybe this guy was one of the developers so he would be good at it but I just just thought it was worth mentioning phew well we got in and out of that one all right in the end phew <laughs> uh, good grief all right then um let's try this one This is uh, just a demo video of uh, Elastic Effects, which is the, from uh, the guys, I've forgotten his name, is it Olivier uh, Giesler, I think he's called, uh, did Elastic Drums. And it's basically four, what looks like four continuously variable effects processors with XY pad. And you could do some really cool stuff with it, which I'm sure he's going to do in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Well, and this is a bit, it's not a beta, but it's it's one of the early versions. Uh, th this raises two things. You know, we've talked about uh, the iPad becoming uh, more integrated into everyday use in terms of effect. And but and for effects, it's actually really good because the processing is kind of, you know, on the, certainly the modern ones you've got enough. But also the notion that there is sort of this concept of hardware effects or external effects seem to be having a bit of a renaissance. You know, there I think, and it's partly because algorithms themselves are now going back into the that have been developed by people like eventide and all those guys is now coming be, becoming realized within hardware and that whole concept is really i think quite an interesting one now i'm going to go to uh rich i know that most of your work is is happening in in the box right apart from the actual physical process of recording I mean, do yeah. you do you find that external effects have a place in your studio life? I mean, or is it the portability makes it kind of less likely that you're going to choose something external? Or do you like, for instance, at, at the crib, are there certain hardware effects? I'm not talking effects specifically, rather than outboard, that you still turn to and use. There are, and there could be, uh, less often than perhaps software solutions. But there are certain hardware solutions that work better or do things that you can't do in software. And sometimes you just want to grab a knob, which I believe is the basis for this whole part of the industry. So, uh, sure. I've used various mm. hardware effects. Okay. Devices. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I mean, the other, but the other, the other thing is also that the idea, because, you know, we are inundated with, you know, brilliant software recreations or reissues or boutiques or whatever. They all make these sounds but ultimately, now the complexity, we spoke about it before, didn't we, with the Eventide thing, the idea that the it's down to the effects, which kind of are now responsible for generating, in some ways, the more unique aspects of the character of a sound. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Ty would be, uh, you, you presumably, you know, 
external effects are less likely in your world just purely because you've got to recall and you've got to print and you've got to work in the box. But do you think that there's... Sorry. No, do you see, it's, for me, yeah, I, th I think I have two, I've said this before, I have kind of two worlds and two heads when it comes to this, because on a day-to-day -day basis, um, having everything recallable and in the box is obviously just what I have to do. So I'm a big UAD fan, I'm a big Eventide fan, plug-in-wise and, and you know, waves. And, so everything tends to be in the box. The moment I'm doing kind of more long-term and uh, more personal projects that aren't for TV or film, I'm completely opposite. I go, I've got a lot of hardware. I've got lexicons and even tides and I've got a TC 6000 and loads of, I'm just looking now, loads of multi effects lying around and I'm a real hardware fan. And I have to say, I love using them and it's great. And it, your head, your head goes into a different space than when you're using, using plugins. Um, and so from my point of view, the whole hardware for effects, I've kind of hung on to most of mine and uh, I love them. I absolutely love mm. them. Um, and do, but are they are they as easy to integrate in a project? Probably not. But it's the same way that you know, if you're going to on that token, mm. you're never going to use a hardware synth because it's more difficult to integrate into a project than a than a virtual synth. But um, ninety nine percent of the time, it's worth the time and effort. Right, I got you. So, can I can I jump in here? Uh, yes, because I this look what I got the other day. This thing. Oh, this wow. is an effect this is an effects unit an ef303 with a step sequencer built into it and like even though i mean it's like 20 years old nearly um so the effects which are digital are a bit kind of you know of their time this step this stepping on the knobs and various things like that but it sort of all pales into insignificance compared to actually the the mass fun i mean one thing uh, i've been putting the my drm uh vimona through it and because any of the effects parameters you you select which one that you select one and then the uh the step sequence becomes whichever so you can actually jump in real time between uh the sequences and it's got a full sequencer you've got loads of controls you can choose how many how many uh, steps it is you can choose whether it goes forward and backwards uh how long you can have it going so it changes steps every eight bars so it's got like tons and tons of cool things but i think the reason why i was mentioning it is it's like it's just so much fun because it's all hands-on hands-on the whole time that you're manipulating the sound and what it's interested to me this particular thing though this from 1999 dj culture and dance music was so so prevalent then that the manufacturers were trying to kind of keep up and it's just before computers completely took over that period of time so it's quite interesting because that time the stuff is really cheap and generally quite hated <laughs> and like uh look the only connections is on phone RCA. dead giveaway of the of its kind of uh the era in which it was made but big chunky buttons but sorry this is the last thing i'll try to be quick the thing that i found out about it though which is really cool is is that the sequencer works over midi and it and you can choose a whole load of scales and set keys to it and that's really neat you can uh so the actual the midi sequencer side of it is like really deep 
Um, so, and they, you can get them really cheap as well. So I thought, ah, oh, cool things. Keep a lookout for them. Um, but you, the I, reason why I was mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Do you think that the um, the concept of uh, of using like the iPad as a dedicated effects processor is valid? Because I mean, now that if, if uh, this actually yeah. isn't isn't AU version three, but if you are, you can pipe like that yeah. pipeline that in and out of the computer if you've got the right connection, right? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about AUM, and we must do that feature that we've talked about because I, uh, the way I've got it set up is very much the iPad and real time effects on the iPad and physical effects as well. And it's kind of the best of both worlds because, you know, that that touch interface that you can do on the iPad is still I incredible. I think it's one of these things that that on its own is only good for certain things. The hardware is good for other things as well. So the way that you can combine them together now is absolutely brilliant and yeah, so I, I know I'm a big advocate of that, but um, the little setup I've got going there. Now, I mostly just use that for fun. I've got to be honest. Most of the work happens in the box computer, but that stuff I do for recreation, really. So um, having lots of hands on on the controls is uh, is part of that sort of cathartic process. And it's a it's about for me, that's about getting away from the computer and having no computers. The iPads don't display computers. They're more like touch screens uh, that you put your hands on to adjust things as opposed to actually watch. Uh, so anyway, going off on one. I, sorry, there we go. <laughs> no, but I think I, th I think you're right, because I think what we tend to do as kind of, you know, kind of tech geeks and where we're sat in front of computers is kind of forget about, I mean, guitarists, I've spent I spent years thinking, well, why don't guitarists just get, you know, buy all the uh, the Roland just rack stuff rather than the whole, you know, kind of floor full of pedals. And um, why don't you just buy a 19 inch rack that does everything? And it's only over time and experience and talking and working with different guitarists that it's that realization of no the fun bit is having all of these pedals that don't recall things and you know don't have memories and it's all very instantaneous it's all very um uh of the moment and i started doing that with uh with with hardware with moogafugas with synths going into moogafugas going into analog heat going into you know kind of hardware and then just making a chain like exactly the same as like a guitarist would have an effects chain of pedals i did it with you know kind of um hardware stuff and again as gaz was saying it, the fun element and the spontaneous element of that you would never get that doing it in the box you just would never get it you would never do it the fact mm. that everything isn't tempo synced the fact that everything is off slightly off kilt and you know kind of slightly distorting as one input goes into another that's what makes it fun that's what makes it really good and i think what i do like about this kind of integrating multiple effects into an ipad is you kind of get a kind of mini sense of that and a lot kind of cheaper and more accessible you know kind of level i mean i was do you remember the air? Do you remember the Elysis air effects? Do you yeah, remember those? Yeah, 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 I love that. Air I love that. I've got an, I've got an air synth and an air effects, and I've had those going into chaos pads, and then you know it's just it's all completely bonkers. And the problem is, you can just get carried away, and you, you know, kind of you suddenly wake up, and it's like you know a week on Wednesday, and you suddenly realize that's not a problem. You know, <laughs> it is for me. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so this I, is why I, I think yeah. it's great. It's great. It's great.
Excellent. Well, um, I should point that it's not out yet, this thing, um, uh, and its uh, elastic effects will be at some point. The interface mm. may well change. I just wanted to draw your attention to this sort of just-in bit of news. Uh, somebody's just uh, found this URL on the uh, Musitribe site, which is a Behringer site, so we've got all the synths here. And then suddenly you scroll down, there are these uh, spe other products, which are not actually anything that we know about. Wasp Deluxe 2600 Cat Synthy VCX3. Uh, the MS101s, which we've seen. Whoa. And what's this? The K20, which looks like it might be an MS20. I'm not sure. And these are all these are all kind of like, you know, f not quite formed product pages. What uh, yeah. uh, what uh, what looks like on the uh, Berenger Wasp. site, which is a bit of a... I don't I'm, know if that's supposed to I'm have saying, happened. I'm saying no more than Yuri is very good at this kind of... No, is it Yuri? Yuli? Yuli. Yuri, Uli, Yuri, Yuli. Yeah. Yuli. yeah, yeah. Very good at this kind of stuff. Oh, you think that's what it is? I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I caught it's all just. I know, that, but the bizarre great. thing is, the bizarre thing after all of this, the Model D isn't there, which is actually supposed to be. Well, that kind of. Well, yeah, that maybe which that is tells bizarre, you isn't it? Maybe so. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw it in there. I thought I'd have, I'd th even though you know, it's, it, I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be official or anything. But uh, hey, what the hell? Okay, um, I think. Um, that might be it for this week. We've managed to fill plenty of minutes. I know, Gaz, uh, there was another topic we were going to try and cover, but I think we're probably at, at, the, at that point. So it's probably time to say uh, goodbye to everybody. First, before we go, I just want to say... Uh, if you want to enter the Oz uh, the Isotope Ozone 8 competition, uh, we're looking for the tweet the hashtag MasteringExpert and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. If you do that, you'll be in... Uh, picked for the next week's show in fact next week is the last show before i think it's the third i think the way that christmas is falling this way so last week we before christmas then we take a week out and then the day after new year's day is kind of you know is up for grabs which is a wednesday so uh, i guess we'll be doing a show on that which means that we won't miss we often miss two over christmas so uh, maybe it'll just be me who knows and uh, and uh, ty has very kindly agreed to do, do us a little talk about uh, the orchestrated process uh, which we'll hopefully put in the week between so have you won't uh, you won't hey. have too long without us so hey. that'll be cool Thank you, get thank you, John. <laughs> but we just got to figure out the technical aspects of it of how to see what the sessions are and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the size of that blooming screen behind you—I don't think we stand a chance. How am I going to get that in? That's massive. You just but that's just move of, out. Is that the? One, is that the? That's one of four. Oh my god! <laughs> Your tan must Sorry. be awesome. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but thank you very much. also want to thank uh, Bitwig. Don't forget, if you want to check out their stuff, there's uh, demos that you can download. You just go to bitwig.com, check out Studio Bitwig Studio 2.2. I think it's 2.2.2, in fact, now. But do check that out. Um, Gaz, thank you very much for joining us this week. It's uh, It's been a pleasure as ever. Thank you. Um, for anyone local uh, playing Rocket Gold Star, my like, long-term old band on the 22nd of December. The last gig we did was 2012, so it's a long. Uh, so I just put a video up. I've got, I'm just trawling back through all the old stuff. Just, um, we're having to learn a whole bunch of tunes, which are, oh God, it's hard. It's so hard. Um, there's some stuff on my Gaz Williams uh, YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Uh, but yeah, if you're kind of in the South Wales area, uh, 22nd in Pontlanfraith. That's uh, right. it's funny. It's a it's a club called the Hanath Club. And we used to play there in the 90s, in the mid mid to late 90s. And we haven't been there since. So it's going to be like going. Uh, See if they got the like same real... carpet. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Even I, stickier. I really hope it's exactly the same. If it's changed, I'll be sad. But um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy. You're welcome, guys. Uh, and also, Mr. Rich Hilton, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as ever. Oh, over and out. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Over there. Everybody take a shot. Um, my pleasure. It's been it's always great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Been good. And also, Mr. Ty Unwin, thank you for joining us as well. It's been uh, great to have you on after all this time. Sorry, it's been so long, and uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be um, around next week. So I know that next week you're probably going to be covering the uh, products from 2017. Oh yeah, so I'm just going to. All I'm I'm sure do it next week. It's a great topic. I mean, I uh, all I would say is Lyra Eight. Fuse box. Oh yeah, and uh, and and the abyss. There for me, the abyss, Lyra Eight, and Fuse box are the highlights for me of 2017. And ah. more to the point, because I'm not going to be around. Uh, I hope everyone has an absolutely fantastic Christmas and a brilliant Yay. year. And um, I know it's a week early, but I'm not going to be here. So, so I hope everyone has a great one. And you, Ty. I hope you get time mm. out actual proper yeah. time out rather than just I'll an hour for bit. dinner <laughs> <laughs> you know me far too well <laughs> yeah oh yeah I, I have to blow my own trumpet here as well did you see i am actually the number oh, yes. one music tech per- personality in the world today <laughs> the thing i really liked about this was by a by far by far and away the most which i, I mean you know my mum loved that line uh, and Andrew outstripping Andrew Huang, which I was very pleased about because he's got an enormous <laughs> number of YouTube. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many people voted in this, but uh, if you did, thank you very much. And uh, it's always nice to get awards, however, in whatever form they come, unless, of course, it's the worst anything, then it's not so good. But thanks very much. Anyway, that was Sonic Talk number uh, 517. We'll see you next week, last show of the year. Uh, thanks very much for watching. See you next time. <laughs>